Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would open up our ears, you would open up our minds, and you would open up our spirit to the Word of God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, today that we will not be distracted with our devices, our phones, but we will be locked in to the Word of God, for you are doing something in our community, and we say yes. We say yes. And Lord, we build on the momentum. Help us to pay the price and stay steady, Lord, and we welcome the harvest. We've been praying it for years. This is our fifth year, and I pray all the new ones that have been coming that have established, let the gifts of God through them be immersed and let them open the doors for them. Anoint your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, Harvest spoke a powerful message. Um, I texted him and I said, that's one of the most powerful messages you've ever preached. Because he's more of a teacher. He'll break down things, and he still broke down, you know, Acacia Grove, and he broke all that stuff down. That will be harvest, you know. He talked about angels, and, and I love that. That's the teaching anointing that we have in our ministry, a very powerful teacher. But at the end, he really spoke prophetically with, with thunder, and that was when the ducks got scared when I said hallelujah. <laughs> because it was this part where you're going to hear, listen, faith comes by what? And hearing of the? I, I say this with all reverence. Do everything in your power to hear the word today. Do not be distracted. If I could just be honest, I haven't said this to you, but I'm going to say it now. One of my pet peeves is the distraction part. And I can see it. We're not that big of a church. I can see when everyone's distracted. But I'm asking you, don't be distracted. All right? Because what you're going to hear is from last week's message. Right? It was towards the end. And I'm going to ask you and I'm going to dare you. To see if you still believe the word. If you, if you still believe. Are you ready? Go ahead and play. This line in the chosen, get used to different. Get used to different. And it may be different to you, but it's not different to scripture. It's just that we've been, we've grown up with so much tradition. That's my, not the my, part. My mother grew up in a church where, Pause it. where women couldn't wear pants. Pause it. Sorry. I, I gave you guys specifically. I'm going to make sure. It starts at. 41 minutes and 25 seconds. It says 41. It's okay. Just scroll where it says 41 minutes, 25 seconds. It's towards the end. It's all right. I want you guys to hear this uh, because towards the end he says something um, to the point where, do you see it? Because he talked about the ark, if you guys remember, and they were all holding it together. That was brilliant because one man can't hold the ark. I can't hold the ark myself. He says, we all are going to hold it and we're going to go. He's, but then Joshua says, when you see it, go after it. And then he said, will you go after it? But he says some things that in the natural, you, you would think it's arrogant. Uh, because it, it, it says, he talks about people from all over the world going to come in here. And I was in the park and I said to myself, we either believe that or we think, ah, he's just dreaming. Can I just be honest with you? Even if I'm just dreaming, at least I'm dreaming. Some people say, well, do you know if that's going to really happen? I honestly don't know if people from all over the world are going uh, to come like what he's going to say. But I want to believe. And when the word comes out like that, I feel like God is saying, do you agree? Do you agree? Do you agree? And it's like a word is, a word is released. And I said, God, let it happen. Let it happen. How many times did the word of the Lord not come to pass because of doubt? He talked about it. 
the angel of the Lord came, the archangel, not a little time, an archangel came to Zacharias and said, you shall call your son John. How, how do I know that's going to happen? And the angel says, Be, because, you, watch this, you don't believe the word, the prophetic word, you're going to be mute. If it's not there, guys, don't worry about it. Um, I wanted them to hear it. Are we ready or no? It's in chapter, I'm not chapter, the amount 41 verse 25. Anyways, um, he basically said people from all over the world are going to come. People all over are going to drink from the waters of the prophetic ministry. People from all over the world are going to come and drink from the waters of, of, uh, hey, of, um, of the worship. People from all over the world are going to come over the teaching. Now listen, when I say that, there's two halves in this room. It splits. In your mind, there's like, come on, that's just visions of grandeur. That's not going to happen. Come on. All over, look, look at our size. We're 200 people. All over the world. Do you, do you know what I thought when I was in the park? I said, what did Bethel think when they started small? What did Jesus culture think? And it started growing and growing. Did they say, no? If you would have told them, people from all over the world are going to be playing your songs in their Sunday morning service, they'd probably be like, I don't know, we're just kind of a local church. And it exploded. Do you believe? So let's turn. Guys, forget about it because you guys don't have it. Do you guys have it? Yeah? All right, go ahead and play it. Moses is a... Our Moses was Benny Hinn, and our Joshua is George Sotolongo. I, I want you to stand with me. Yeah. <laughs> God is going to do a new thing. Can you close your eyes right now? Can you see it? Can you see the vision and the purpose and the plans that God has for this house? You are an integral part. God takes every member and places them in the body as he wills, according to 1 Corinthians 12. And you are a part of this body. If you see it, and you see us bearing it right, will you go after it? God is about to release something unprecedented. God is calling us to sanctify ourselves today because tomorrow he will do wonders, he will do miracles, and he will do signs. People will come from around the world the way they did with IHOP to come and receive counsel from our prophetic team. People will come from around the world to have dreams interpreted in this house. People will come from around the world because they will hear of the healing rooms that are happening on Tuesday nights. People will come from around the world. They will download the songs that are coming out of this house. The new songs that will be written. Sing unto the Lord a new song. There are songs that are coming. There is power being released. There are angels on assignment being dispatched. Do you see it? Do you see it? When you see it, and we as a leadership, because I'm speaking not only to the congregation, but to the leadership of this house, will we bear it? Are we going to bear it the right way? Are we going to bear it his way? If you see it and we're bearing it, who at the sound of my voice is willing to go after it? If you're willing to go after it, I want you to come to the altar because I want to pray and I want to release. Someone say amen. Who will go after it?
people from all over the world, we either say that's arrogant and that's dreaming or maybe that could happen. I want to run with a crowd that says maybe it could happen. Do you know that Gideon was told, go ahead and get an army. We're going we're gonna to give you a big army, okay. I'm going to choose your army. And he picked the ones when, that w- when he kneeled down and they were ready and they were looking, they were watching. Those are the ones that he called on his team. The rest went like this. And they, weren't, they, weren't, they were distracted. And I'm not saying this to, to divide the church. I'm saying let's believe the word. How many times I have read in the scripture, and I read it again, and you're going to see how God Almighty tells Moses, that's your people. <laughs> He's like, that's your people, Moses. And Moses is like, that's your people. No, that's your people. That's your people. They're stiff-necked people. I'm not saying you're stiff-necked. It's an intro to what I'm going to share with you this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Remember, will you go after it? Say yes. Deuteronomy 11, verse 22. Verse 28. Now, this is like part two in the sense of this because Deuteronomy chapter 11, this is when Moses is kind of at the, towards the end of his life and he's given a, a history lesson if you just read chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, when I do a study, it takes me a long time because I read a lot before and I read a lot after so I could get some really good context. If you read chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10 of Deuteronomy, it actually says that God is do, has, has, has uh, delivered them time and time again, yet they kept being stiff-necked. And then one time God says, if you read it, you'll see it. They say, he said, I'm... I'm Delivering you out of this, the enemy's hands at this season, not because of your righteousness, he said. It's, he said, it's not because of your all doing. He goes, because, he goes, you guys have been stiff-necked the whole time, but the evil over there is greater than your stiff-neckedness. So he goes, I'm going to remove the evil. But watch this. How much more when righteous people are setting themselves up and aligning themselves, right? So this is the history. So here comes Joshua, Right? And he's about to, sorry, here comes Moses, and he's about to give these instructions, but they have a condition attached to it. I am so tired of Christians thinking that everything just comes to them just because they love God. And I'm going to prove it to you here. For if you carefully keep, that's a condition, all the commandments, say all, which is just obedience to the word, okay, which I commanded you to do, to love the Lord your God, watch, to walk in his ways, hear me, church, and to hold fast to him. Everybody say then. Everybody say then. That means there's a condition. Then the Lord will drive out all the nations from before you, and you will dispossess greater and mightier nations than yourselves. Watch this. I'm going to shout here. Every place, not some place. Every place on which the soles of your foot treads shall be yours. From the wilderness of Lebanon, from the river, from the river Euphrates, even to the western sea shall be, watch this, your territory. No man shall be able to stand against you. Now we rejoice in that, right? Let's keep reading. The Lord your God will put the dread of you, this is Old Testament, but there's a New Testament application to it, and the fear of you upon all the land where you tread, just as he said to you. Listen to this. Behold, I set before RCT today a blessing and a curse. Now, there's not, God's not going to curse you. I'm just giving you a ramification if we are not obedient. The blessing is, say if. Now, did I write that? Okay, so don't get mad at me when I say that. 
I've set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing is if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. And the curse is if you do not obey. Preach, Pastor George. Someone say amen. Amen. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's a principle here that I want to say to you. I want you to look at the very first slide. For those that are saved and, and a lifestyle of obedience to God's word is the prerequisite, watch this, for absolute victory in life and absolute dominion over the enemy. I'm going to say that again because some of you are going to doubt this, but I'm going to prove it. For those that are saved, a lifestyle of obedience to God's word is a prerequisite for absolute victory in life and absolute dominion over the enemy. God was promising through this discourse of of Deut- I mean sorry of Moses and he was saying it to the people of Israel. He was saying, if you are obedient to the word of the Lord, okay, to all that God commands, then every, then every place where you step on, I'm going to give you that territory for you to have dominion over it. Let me just say something to you. This is very important because we have Christians that are saved, that have been washed by the blood, even speak in tongues, and are bound in many areas. So that proves that just because you're saved doesn't mean that all the blessings and all the freedom automatically is a a reality in your life. Why? Because there's something called a compromise. There's something called open doors. There's something something called uh, an addiction that we're not willing to, to let go. And what I am saying is for the first thing I'm trying to tell you is this, is that a lifestyle of obedience is a prerequisite to walk in absolute victory in every territory. Why? Because all of us have been given territory in the natural. We all have territory in the natural. Do you know what I've called this message? You're going to shout, but I had to give you the first one. It's time to take over. It's time to take over. Every place where you put your foot on, if you're obedient, I'm going to give it to you. In other words, you decide how much you get. You decide how much freedom you walk in, how much dominion you walk in, how much power you walk in. If you can walk on it, I can give it to you. But it's all contingent if you are obedient and humble to the word of the Lord. It is not going to come to you if you are constantly lusting. If you're constant, and I'm not saying that, that God doesn't forgive us. I'm saying if there's a pattern of unrepentantness just because of the grace of God. If we've stopped praying for like two, three weeks, that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. That means that you're not in position yet. To walk in that territory. But every one of us has territory. All of us have a territory of family that God has given us dominion and watch this, influence in. Today, the territory is the sphere of influence that you have. So think about the sphere of influence that you have. That's something that God trusts you. God could only give you more territory if he trusts you. And if you are obedient to his word. Now, there are some things that giftings could take you. Right? There are some things that gifting will take you, but gifting alone will never sustain the things that you need because gifting will get you there, but can't keep you there. 
gifting could get you to that place. But once you get to that place and you realize, man, I'm on empty. But look at, but look at the, I mean, there's power in giftings. But the dangerous thing is that it's supernatural. That's why it's called the, the, the gifts of the spirit. So it's supernatural. So it could take you to a certain place. But if you're not obedient, let me tell you, it will start crushing you. But I'm here to declare under the sound of my voice that it's time for you to take over every weakness in your life. It's time to conquer every place. Come on. Come on. Every place. And you circle it where there is addiction, where there is pornography, where, where, where there is a lack. And you just, I'm going to walk over it because I'm going to be obedient. And God is going to give me the strength to overcome that. Every place where your footsteps, I'm going to give you. Oh, glory to God. But truly, watch this. There are those that think that all they have to do is show up to church, love God, and God is going to give them all the dominion and all the territory and expand their victory. Well, well, well don't we have the Holy Spirit? Yes, we do. Uh, it doesn't get Jesus give us a victory on the cross? Yes, he did. But then why are so many Christians living in unbelief, in addiction, in chains? Why? Is it because the work of the cross is no longer valid? No. It's because they said, if you are obedient to all. And I highlight that word, all. That doesn't mean God is, is, is a legalistic God. What it means is to truly love God, watch this, it cannot really exist outside a lifestyle of obedience to God. I want you to see this next slide. This is powerful. Mike Bickle said this, and it, this statement went like to my heart. I got this, I'm going to give this credit to, to Mike Bickle. According to scripture, look at this. Jesus defined loving God as being deeply rooted in a spirit of obedience. Uh-oh. I didn't get any, see, I knew I wasn't going to get any amends on that one. Watch this. Jesus defined, everybody say defined. Loving God, all right? As being deeply rooted in a spirit of obedience. These two combinations are key to walking in victory. Spirit of obedience, loving God. You can't love God without being, uh, having at least a desire to be fully obedient. You may not get there, but at least if you have the desire to press towards obedience, that is the love of God. If you say, I love God, and your love is only limited, or sorry, your definition of loving God is limited to how you feel or the way he makes you feel, that is great. But you love God, and you say, oh, I love you, Jesus. I'm going to say something that some of you don't, may not like, but I, I'm here to help you not to, uh, not to uh, pity, pity party you, right, or to, or to placate to you. I'm here to set you free. Watch this. If you really want freedom... It all starts in obedience. Watch this. Watch this, though. I'm going to bring a balance. Gradual obedience is still something that God will take. Right? But if over there, there's a big circle in my life that is called addiction or bondage, and I keep on going like this, but no, I want that. But I keep treading other places. I'm not going to conquer that if I'm not obedient in that. But if I'm obedient, everything I step on by faith, right, God is going to give me victory. And I want to see a victorious church again. I want to see a powerful church again. 
Some, some people get turned off. They leave because I talk about things like this. I'm not trying to make you condemn. Your own lifestyle is already doing that. I'm serious. Pastor George, you just seem condemning. No, I'm just saying the truth. But if it's condemning, maybe it's conviction. Conviction. I was at a wedding yesterday. I was at a wedding yesterday. This is for free. This is not in my notes, right? I was in a wedding yesterday, and I was performing a wedding. Um, I guess I could say Alyssa Springetti. Uh, she got married, and uh, and uh, again, it was a very uh, small wedding. So I hope she doesn't get mad at me for saying that. But um, she loves everyone, but she just kept it really uh, with family. And so there's photographers at every wedding. They're going. You know, and you're eating, they're like, you know, on you and they're dancing, right? And I had no clue that these photographers, uh, their company was like spiritual Christian. I had no clue, right? So they're all doing their job very professionally, right? And they got something out of my wedding ceremony, right? The way that I spoke in a wedding ceremony, it wasn't even a sermon. It was like a wedding ceremony and I spoke from my heart. And I said to them, hey, um, I want you to know that you did a, did a great job uh, with, with the, the wedding, with the videos and the pictures and all that. You did a great job. And I, I just wanted to compliment them just to be nice and be godly. And they said, thank you. And they put the camera down. They had all these you know, professional shirts. And they said, it was so refreshing to see a pastor keep to the word of God and not candy coat it in a wedding. I, I go, I go, <laughs> really, really. I go, Oh, okay. Well, well, thank you. You know, it says, you don't understand how many weddings we go to, and the, the minister does not keep to the word of God. They could discern a man of God that didn't compromise, that's not perfect, but that doesn't compromise just from a wedding ceremony. Why? Because if truth is in you, it's going to come out of you. It's going to squeeze out of you. If you truly live this way in secret, people will see it. People will see it. Those photographers said it. They said, we could tell that you don't compromise the word. I go, I try not to. I can't please everybody. They said, thank you. Literally, they told me, thank you for not compromising and sticking to Scripture. Can I hear an amen? Loving God, say loving God, is deeply rooted in a spirit of obedience. Do not tell me that you love God and you're repeatedly saying no to something, sorry, saying yes to something that he is uh, telling you not to do. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't love you in that moment, that he doesn't love you. But don't define your love to God by a feeling. Watch this. Five times. Everybody say five times. In John chapter 14. We're going to get into the, the second half real quick. In John chapter 14. Not, not in seven other chapters. In one chapter, God correlates the love of God linked to obedience. Remember Deuteronomy 11. How many want Deuteronomy 11? Every place that you go, right? Every territory is going to be conquered in your life, right? It's all contingent if you obey. I will, I, you, every step that you take is going to be a conquered, right? Look at what um, John 14, it's going to be real quick. There's going to be five scriptures that's going to be up on the screen. Look at John chapter 14, verse 15. Look at how it links love to obedience, all right? Because there's a fluffy, duffy kind of love that's been speaking out there in churches. And it's like, well, you know, even this message in the beginning, calling people to obedience, some people say that that's not the love of God. Are you kidding me? 
Now, I understand that some people, the way that they deliver things may be really harsh. But some people call this, holding people to obedience, not, not walking in love. Not delivering in love. They're like, brother, you're not walking in love. Says who? Right? Says who? Watch this. Watch this. If you love me, come on, this is Jesus. Come on, church. You can talk about, come back at me. Jesus said, if you love me. How many love God? Come on, come on, come on. Keep my commandments. <laughs> Could you imagine Jesus? How many of y'all love me? We love you, Jesus. I'm here. Oh, my God, Jesus. How many of you love me? Power, grace, healing, provision for you, peace. That passes all understanding. Thank you, Lord. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Keep my command. I thank God he said it and not me. PG, man, come on, your heart. No, he, this is how I define love, not how society defines love. Not, 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 not how even the church defines love. I want to get back to purely understanding the love of God. And I've done a study. And if you love God, if you say you love God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You must have a desire for obedience. If you fall, that's fine. Ask for forgiveness. But that falling and asking for forgiveness is a desire to be obedient. That's from the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you that if you fall and you make a mistake, you say, God, I hate this about me. Lord, forgive me. That is okay. Why? Because it is a bent towards obedience. Do you know what the word iniquity means? A bent towards something. There's a difference between sin and iniquity. I don't want to get into that. He'll visit the iniquities of your father to the third and fourth generation. I don't want to even get to that. The cross took care of that. But I want to tell you there is a difference. Sin is a thing, but iniquity is when you've been bent towards it. Watch this. Look at John 14, 21. Just a couple verses later. Watch this. Watch this. Are you getting something? Watch this. He who has my commandments and what? Come on, shout it like your mom was about to hit you. And what? It is he who. He who. Wait, I thought, I thought anybody could love you. He, he who, who, who has my commandments and keeps them. That's the one that I call who loves me. I love God, but I'm, I, I, I need a little bit of that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I need a little bit of that, da, 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 right? And if you don't repent from that, you're going to start bending towards a, a place where you fall out of love. Watch this. Wherever there is a continual, unrepentant uh, lack of obedience, you will see a lack of love for God. Hear me, what I just said is so powerful. In your heart, if you could open your heart and see truly the level of the love of God that you have, Judge it by how obedient you seek to be to God. I just want to love. I just, I just want to love God, Pastor George. You're judging. I just want to love God. I love God. I love God. I, no, what you're saying is, I, I appreciate God. That's what. That's the language we say. I love God. No, no. I know He died for me, and I appreciate that. I appreciate, and I need that. You know, some people only come to the altar to get God to heal them from stuff, but not to turn and surrender and live their life. They come to the altar, and they're like, "I have some pain." God goes, "I'll take it." And they're like, "Thank you very much." I'm going to go tomorrow. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what I want in my flesh. 
or I'm not going to submit to this area. So some people, by the mercy of God, get healed, but they never really follow God. If you, I'm going to say something that's, please, please hear me because I, I say this as a shepherd. If you're finding a perpetual love for God fading in your life, examine the areas that you're not obedient to the word of the Lord. And in areas, watch this, of holiness. God showed me something in a, in a vision. I remember years ago when I was walking, and I was walking with my friend Stephen Galoza. And we were walking into a room, right, full of people. We were just walking. We were just talking. We were just talking, but we carried ourselves with dignity. We carried ourselves with honor. And, li- and listen to this. There was somebody that tapped us on the shoulders and said, hey, I don't know who you guys are. This was at a conference. They said, but I could tell that you guys are men of God. I kid you not. And we're like, well, thank you. And if you know Stephen, he's like, bless you. Right? And he goes, I, he goes, I feel like there's authority on you guys. That's what he said. And we just talked and he kept going. When, when you're truly obedient to the word of God and you're walking in holiness, you could walk into a room and the atmosphere will change. Why? Because you're vibrant in your heart. You're not dull. You're not, you're not sleepy in the spirit. Some of us need a big awakening in our spirit. We've fallen asleep, right? And so they walk into the room. You could change the atmosphere by, by just humbling yourself and being obedient to God. And you can see there's something about that woman. There's something about that man. Look at this. Look at the third, third verse. Still in chapter 14. Are you getting something? Just two verses later, John 14, 23. Look what it says. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. Oh, man. There's a higher de- a degree. If you, if you love me, they'll keep my word. And then my father will love you. And we will come to him and make our home with him. There's so much that God wants to release to those who have a desire to be obedient. That's all it starts, guys. It's just a start with a desire. If, you, if you're crossing your arms and saying, I don't, I don't care about that. God's mercy is sufficient and God's grace. Keep then doing what you're doing. Here's what I'm going to tell you. How's it working for you? Angry, bitter, dry, cranky. But it's working for you. No victory, always judging people, always critical. That's not the spirit-filled life. That's not a life filled with the love of God. Watch this, John 14, 24. It keeps going. He, uh-oh, John, this, is, this is a little bit crazy. John 14, 24. Look at verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. He who does not love me. He who does not love me, that's the one who doesn't keep my word. A sign that you love me is by keeping you my word. And the word which you hear is not mine, but my Father's who sent me. Now, John 14, verse 31, here's the last one of all these scriptures, same chapter. Now, Jesus himself is given an example about his own life. What I love about Jesus is he will never tell us to do something that he's not willing to do himself. So Jesus said, flipped it around. Watch what he said. John 14, verse 31. But that the world may know that 
Come on, everybody say shout it. That I love the Father. What's the proof that Jesus loves the Father? And as the Father gave me commands, so I do. So that the world knows that I love the Father. How do we know that you really love him? Watch how I'm obedient to everything the Father says. He was walking. He goes, I don't know if I could heal that person because I only could do what my Father tells me to do. Guys, do you see where this is going? Total dominion, total victory, time to take over is linked. Your love to God is linked to obedience to the word. This is not a shouting message, but it should be. Listen, we all fall short. I fall short. But the moment I fall short, guys, I want to lean towards obedience. Once we establish a lifestyle of obedience, it sets us up to experience greater blessings, greater victory and dominion from the Lord. Listen, it doesn't mean that God loves you more or God loves another person more. It just means that you are positioning yourself to receive more. Please hear what I'm about to say because it's almost like um, blasphemy. Some blessings are conditional. Come on, let it, let it sit. I don't know you're going. Some blessings are conditional. He gives seed to the? Who does he give seed to? That means you got to sow. Wow, what a revelation. If my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and See, that's the part that nobody likes. Turn from the wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins, and heal their land. If you are obedient to the word of the Lord, every place that you step, I'm going to give it to you. It's time to take over some territory. It's time to take over some territory that the enemy has been holding you back for a long time. It's time to take back that territory that the enemy says is his, but it's really God's. It's time to say, Lord, I repent. Lord, give me help. Whatever you got to do, get into the word. Have accountability. When you start bending towards obedience, God says, keep walking. This is an hour for victory. Say, I have a territory. Say, I have a territory. This is what Moses said. I'm going to read it again. If you carefully keep all the commandments, then... I will drive out nations before you, and every place that you your foot treads upon, you will have. And I had, and it says, from the wilderness of Lebanon. Remember, in that day there was no internet. In that day there was nobody to see the, the 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 width and the length and the height of the territory. But God said, "Listen, I'm going to give you that." Remember, they had no cars back then, so walking was a lot. I mean, just walking from here to Probably Sobics over there. Man, I'll be like, whew. It's because I need to lose weight too. But, it, but my, my point is, my, my point is just walking a mile. Now watch this. That's a lot of territory. Would you not agree that one mile is a lot of territory to walk? I text Harvest because I was super busy this week. So I said, Harvest, I, 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 you're, you love geography. Can you give me a breakdown of what? exactly was the mileage and the square footage. You know what harvest eat that up. 
right, of the wilderness of Lebanon and the river of Euphrates. I say, I'm doing a study of all the place where God gave them. And he goes, I got you. <laughs> and this is what he gave me. Put that slide up. Put that slide up. Now, the promised land territory, the area was about 60,000 square miles. I'm talking about on foot. On foot, right? The, uh, the, uh, the, it, Georgia is 57. The whole state of Georgia is 57,000 square miles, right? Imagine you walking the whole state of Georgia. How many have visited Georgia before? That's a big state. Driving takes a long time. Imagine walking it and saying, every place that I walk, the Lord has given me. Here's a prophetic word for you. Keep on walking. I feel by reading this, the Lord could have gave them more if they would have kept on walking. Oh, come on, man. Look at this. Watch this. Watch this. 144 miles from the top to bottom, 40 miles from east to west, and 20 miles east to west to the border. In, in other words, there was a lot of territory that God gave them simply because they obeyed the word. And then Joshua said, okay, he said it. It's going to happen. We're going to start marching. And every place that Joshua went, if you read the book of Joshua, is a conquering book. He conquered, he conquered, he conquered, he conquered. There's some personal Jerichos that he wants to conquer. There's some Canaanites that he wants to conquer. Come on, there's some Amalekites spiritually that he wants to conquer. There's some Philistines in your life that he wants to conquer. There could have been more territory conquered to God's people if they only, if the soles of their feet had touched it. But God, watch this. This is where I'm going to sh- uh, land. Even though Adam sinned in the garden, watch this, and he gave legal right to the earth, to Satan, watch this. It didn't change God's original command in the New Testament. Why? You know what it did? God had a supernatural plan. It expanded our dominion. It didn't challenge it. It expanded because before, they only had dominion in the Old Testament of everywhere their foot touched. When Jesus came... And, he, and we received Jesus, and we act, repented of our sin. Now he included the devil. So now we have dominion not over physical territory that God has given us, but we have, we have dominion over spiritual territory. The, the Lord says, you think you're smart? One day my son's going to be raised up, and not only physically that I'm going to give my people territory, I'm going to have them have dominion over you and all the demons in hell. <laughs> Glory to God. We don't know who we serve. The body of Christ doesn't really know what has been given to the body. There is physical influence that God has given you. Say physical influence. And I'm not trying to be spiritual. That is real. There are some people that God trusts a little bit more because of their faithfulness and their obedience. And their influence goes beyond a certain geographical location. If you look at Google, whatever their headquarters at, their influence is all over the world. If you look at Facebook, their influence is not in the state where they're in, all over the world. And I'm not saying it's because God trusts them. I'm saying it's because they were faithful in what they were doing. How much more the people of God, watch this, God wants to expand your influence. He wants to expand your territory of influence. Instead of just a three or four people or five people, he wants to get God, draw a bigger circle because of the obedience of God. Come on, somebody. And some of you is going is gonna to be done through business, and some of it is going to be done through ministry. But either way, he wants to expand his kingdom, and he wants to use you to do it. 
Some of you may be in a workplace that has 100 employees and God has given you a platform. If you stay faithful, you will be a voice to all of them. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. Where's is Ralph here and, and Enrique? Years ago, they would tell me how they came into this company. And it, as they came into this company years ago, they started changing the atmosphere. Little by little, you would tell me. It was just one by one. They would come in walking in obedience, praying. And they would sow seeds. They would pray, sow seeds. And all of a sudden, he told me, I think it was a couple years ago, they said, they don't curse anymore in these meetings. Come on. Why? Why? Maybe they didn't all get saved. His influence is touching. The influence of God is touching wider and greater through the influence, through the holiness, through obedience. Some of you, I prophesy that you have businesses for the glory of God that's not going to just be in your geographical location. It's going to touch the world. It's going to touch the nation. Why? Don't limit yourself to having vision just for a few God wants to explode. Listen, listen. Jabez, he prayed, and the Lord says, and the Lord heard him, that the Lord would bless him and that the Lord would expand his territory. He's like, I want the power of God to not just be in my three or four little people that I interact. I want the power of God and the influence of God to extend much further. Luke 9, 1. I'm almost done. The Bible says, and I could get a lot of scriptures on, on, on spiritual territory, but Luke 9, 1, the reason I picked this scripture and the next one, because I want you to see how Jesus thought before the cross. It was before the cross, not after, because we all could quote scriptures of what happened to us after the cross, hopefully some of us. What happened after the cross is the Holy Spirit came inside of us, and we became uh, a spiritually reborn. But before the cross... Jesus actually did something and gave them power. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 9.1. Then he called his 12. This is before the cross, before the Holy Spirit. Watch this. He called his 12 and gave them power and authority, I want you to say, over all demons. This is before the cross. And to cure diseases, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Watch this. Look at the next chapter. Chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over, I love this, and over what? It's time to take over. Whatever it is that's slowing you down, I want to have the worship team come up, please. Today was more of a prophetic preaching that was burning in my heart. You want Deuteronomy 11? Who wants Deuteronomy 11? <laughs> and some of you guys, oh, I don't know about that. You should want it more after, I've, after I preach it. But you say to me, watch this. I know what some of you are thinking. Obedience is hard. Yes, it is. It is hard sometimes. Because you have your flesh in the way. You have desires in the way. You have your hurt in the way. Right? You have injustice in the way. So that means like I want to do my thing. Because I, I feel, where were you at, God? But I'm telling you by experience. That we have a choice. Remember the opening scripture, guys. Now I want you to apply it into New Testament theology. I set before you today, come on, a blessing or a curse. And he said, the blessing is if you obey. The curse will be if you don't. So what's the curse in modern day times after the cross? It's not a physical curse. 
is reaping your own consequence of disobedience. Thank you, Miss Linda, for that one. Amen. We get so spiritual sometimes. Oh, the devil did this. The devil's after me. No, it's just your poor decisions. I feel dry. Well, it's the devil. No, you just haven't prayed in three weeks. I'm angry. Well, you're mad at God. <laughs> you know. Stop blaming the devil for everything and start closing the doors of disobedience. Start making wise decisions. And not, watch this, watch this, watch this. Impulsive decisions based on your pain. I know what it is to make impulsive decisions because of pain. And I regretted it. But I had to pay for it. I've made impulsive decisions. Said things that I shouldn't say in my anger. Text people that I shouldn't have texted. Come on, I'm, pre- I'm, I'm just preaching what you know it's true for your life. But I'm trying to be transparent that your pastor does that same thing too. And corrects himself. How many times have you, have you texted something and you erased it? You're like, I don't want to tell you. And the Holy Spirit says. You don't hit sand, but you're like, ooh. You know what that is? God goes, watch this. I know that's funny. You know what God goes? That's my boy. Ooh. He said, that's my girl right there. They had an opportunity. They chose to obey me. The Bible says that there were two sons. Remember that? There were two sons and Jesus gave a parable. He says, one of them, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. And one of the sons says, I will do it. How many Christians do that? We want to look good in front of God. (laughs) I'll do it. Me. It's me. I'll do it. Everybody know? Everybody see it? I volunteer first. The other one said, the other one, the other son said, I don't want to do it. I just don't, I don't want to do it. And you know what? God takes you at that place. Some of you in this room right now, I'm preaching and you're that second son. And you're like, I know, I know it's right. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I know it's right. I just don't want to do it. The Bible says one son that said, I'll do it figured out he's like you know what this is too hard i want to have some fun this is a little sacrificial showing up to church and volunteering i don't want to do that i work hard i want to volunteer church i ain't gonna do that the other son he said i ain't gonna do it i'm too hurt by church paraphrase too hurt by the church people and as he's walking the lord starts convicting him go back and do what my father said. I want to do do what my father says. Jesus said that that second son will be honored more than the first. What is, what's what's the recipe? It's not what you say. It's what you do. Some of us say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But this is not to condemn you. It's to say, where are you at in the two sons? Right? And I'm, I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with this. When it's time to take over, Joshua, when he received that instruction, and then Moses died, he got a glimpse of the zeal of the Lord. Now hear me now. The zeal of the Lord. I mean the passion of the Lord for God's people to take territory. 
Oh, I wish you could hear this. I wish you could see this in the Spirit. The zeal of God for you to take territory that has been conquering you all your life. God says it's time for you to conquer it. If you could only know the zeal of the Lord for that. And Joshua had a glimpse of this zeal. This, I mean, I'm talking about this. I wish, I wish you could be here to see this. I just feel like the Lord is saying, if you could just see my zeal for you to walk in victory. Joshua, watch this. Joshua experiences. Some of you goes, God is not hearing me. I want you to see Joshua's rude awakening about the zeal of the Lord. When God told the people of Israel, you're going you're gonna to conquer. It's time to conquer. He showed up an angel, watch, a mighty angel from the Lord to tell him, I'm about to do something and it's my zeal that's going to do it. Watch this. Oh, this is good. This is good. Joshua 5 verse 13. I feel the Holy Spirit. Look at, watch this. And it came to pass. This is Joshua. Moses is already dead. Joshua is at, at the Jordan looking at the promise. That Moses said, you're going about to walk in. If you're obedient, you will conquer all this land. Boy, it's really intimidating out there. Watch what happens. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. He was just, he already heard the command. How many, how many hear the command of the Lord and you know it's the Lord, but you're still a little scared? It doesn't say that, but I believe Joshua was like, you sure it's that city you want? Okay, let me get this straight. So you don't want me to talk at all for seven days. Mm-hmm. Just go around for seven days? What happens after that? Just trust me. So I believe he was looking at Jericho going, watch, watch what I'm going to say. I don't know if that was the Lord. I, maybe it was my pizza last night that I ate. I, am I, is he really saying every place that I step on now watch the decision he could have said no as he's battling this is my belief as he's battling an angel shows up with fierceness in his eyes Joshua's by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold a man do you notice that word man is capitalized it's not a man guys it's an angel of the Lord Now watch this. A man stood opposite with him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him. Notice that word him. It's capitalized. And said to him, are you for us or are you against us? And so the angel said, no. But as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have come now. I'm on assignment now. What's interesting to me is that the angel didn't answer Joshua's question. Joshua looked at this man and he was terrified. He had this big sword. And I can imagine he had fire in his eyes, his zeal in his eyes. And he's just waiting for the Lord's command to conquer territory. And he goes, are you for us or against us? And he said, no. That's like, me, that's like you saying, PG, I really want to go outside. Is it cold or hot outside? And I look at you with fierceness and say, I'm hungry. Right? It didn't make sense. You know why it didn't make sense? You're going to shout now. You're going to shout now. The reason why the angel didn't answer Joshua's question on whose side he was on, because the angel wasn't there to choose sides. He was there to take over. He wasn't there. 
He wasn't there to say, I'm on your side or I'm on that side. He goes, get out the way because the zeal of my Father has been sent of the Father, sorry, has been sent to me, and I must execute with or without you. So it's not whose side I'm on. Whose side are you on, Joshua? Because I'm about to take over for the command, and the Lord wants to use you as a leader. So you decide. I'm here with the sword. It's time to take over the areas of your family that has been conquering you. There's been areas in your finances that have been conquering you. There's been areas in your business that's been conquering you. There's been areas in your church that's been stressing you out. Personal affliction, personal pain. The Lord, I believe, has a zeal with the angel of the Lord saying, are you ready? Let's conquer this together. Let's surrender together. It's time to take over and have victory. God doesn't want to see you crying anymore. God doesn't want to see you struggling anymore. He does care about you, but you got to partner with obedience with him so that he can drive out the enemies for you. It is God that does it, but you that walks it. You got to walk it. And if you say yes, he will say, release the answer. All he was waiting for was a yes from Joshua. He's like, are you ready, Joshua? I'm here not to take sides. I'm here to take over. Joshua, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Start marching, and I'm going to be with you. Come on, stand up. Come on, stand up. Come on. Come on. We're going to take over some territory. We're going to take over some territory today. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. I want everyone to right now think about that territory that needs to be conquered. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. The atmosphere is about to change. Come on. The Lord says everywhere you step. Everywhere you step, if you're obedient. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's an angel with a sword in his hands today. Come on. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.